Welcome back to Bird's Eye View. When it comes to the Orioles, this weekly podcast is your official source for a lack of insight and for baseless opinion. Today is the 18th of March, 2020, and this is episode 287. My name is Jake English. And I'm Scott Magnus. On this week's show, we'll go around the bases because, well, that's about as close to sports as you'll get over the next couple of weeks and maybe months. And we'll also give you guidance on how to flatten the curve. And we'll do all that right after we lubricate the show. That's right. It's time for the drink of the week. Scott Magnus, what is your drink of the week? Jake, um, things are interesting right now in the world. Um, that's the best way to put it. Um, it feels like everything is topsy-turny. Uh, so I've decided to go into the beer cooler and grab an out-of-order from Raw Brewing. It is a grape cotton candy-flavored American sour, something I'm sure that you would love to drink. Yeah. Okay. I myself am drinking a scotch and ginger ale um, because I had both scotch and ginger ale and lime. And you're rationing. Uh, <laughs> if you'd like to know what we are drinking along the, the week, uh, please come get social with us. We're on Untapped. I'm at Jake E4025. And I'm at MAGN8606. Uh, and with that, I guess it's time to go into the most important topic right nowadays. It's time for the medical wing. All right, so we obviously already know about the big medical story. Um, In response to the global COVID-19 pandemic, MLB has suspended all spring training operations, um, has delayed the start of the season, um, and and they pushed the season back until at least mid-May. And there's actually conversations about it uh, potentially going into July. Um, MLB has pledged over $30 million for seasonal employees impacted by the game cancellation. Um, Jake, is that even close to the amount of money that's going to be necessary? I don't think so, but to be honest with you, I, I don't have a good grip on what the, the finances of each team look like, um, largely because their books are closed. I think it is uh, a good start. Um, I think that it is only truly dangerous if the Orioles and the other 30 major league clubs uh, you know, pat themselves on the back for their ingenuity and their, their great uh, generosity and then stop there. I think that what they need to do is they need to look and say, okay, the season is going to be pushed back. We're going to make this assistance available to employees, and then we're going to reassess at some point. Maybe it's reassess at the original uh, pushback start of the, the season and say, okay, on this date, have we done enough? And then you know, if, if they find out that they haven't, and that's consistent with other in- industries, um, it's my hope that Major League Baseball – uh, we'll do more. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of interesting articles that came out over the past week um, indicating, you know, certain minor league baseball players are going to take up a second job, such as like, like uh, you know, Grubhub or Uber Eats and stuff like that. Um, it'll be interesting to see these stories proliferate, not just in terms of the seasonal employees that run the concession stands or beer vendors, but also just minor league baseball players like we have talked about on this podcast numerous times. Um, you know, in in terms of food, um, you know, Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association is doing something pretty cool. Jake, did you want to talk about that? Well, yeah, I saw that they had uh, donated money uh, both to Feeding America and Meals on Wheels. The the figure that I saw was a million dollars split evenly between the Players Association and baseball itself. 
And this is another instance where obviously it's great that they're getting involved with those two charities. Uh, but again, I would like to see them uh, take a look at what their communities look like. And, and by their communities, I mean the city that the major league team is in, the city where their spring training operations are in, their minor league clubs, and say, you know, is, is our brand bettered by being part of a, a solution? Uh, because there may be some serious needs coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, you know, you and I know this as much as anything, specifically because of your wife working within the city. But again, within Baltimore City alone, the amount of food deserts that are present um, within the city and, you know, the accessibility to um, affordable food um, to all of the children in the family is a great need. And, you know, $1 million is, in essence, a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's going to go really quickly. I mean, if we just spread this across just the Major League Baseball cities, I mean, I can't imagine that's going to serve it for more than a week or two um, is the best way to put it. So, you know, I appreciate the grand gesture, as it were. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, it seems like it's kind of just a an asterisk um, in terms of the greater you know issue that's kind of surrounding this whole situation. Yeah, I agree. And I think they, they should be lauded for, for what they're doing. I just want to make sure that, that we don't Stop there. Yeah, I, listen, I, I'm not happy that, uh, you know, um, you know, Lamar Jackson gave Rolexes to all his uh, offensive <laughs> linemen, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Even though it was a good gesture, um, I want more, okay? So, uh, you know, make that happen. Duly noted. Scott, can we talk about something very serious that, that has to do with the COVID-19 pandemic? Okay. I need to know what we're going to call it. Mm. I need to know what we are going to call the massive baby boom that is going to take place because of the, the social distancing, because of folks staying home. When we get into a situation where, where we are more housebound than we are now, you know that is going to result in a, a bump in the birth rate. So what, a, what are we going to call bump. this? Uh, Come again? A, a literal bump, as it were. Um, yes. So, you know, one of the suggestions that I've thrown out there, because me and my wife have talked about this, is I think a really good um, you know, connotation for this this upcoming generation is going to be called the streamers. Because I think it's going to be a situation where their parents are going to be sitting at home watching Hulu, Netflix, Disney Plus, um, in essence, just streaming media upon media. And I think these babies are going to kind of be born into that aspect of instant gratification, as it were, in terms of the streaming technology. The lovers, the streamers, and me. Um, all right, uh, I, you know, I've, would I've you like seen... me to sing in my Kermit the Frog song? I, I was hoping to avoid that. <laughs> under your spell. People, people are already already turning uh, off. This is all they up, have in terms of baseball. I'm sorry, folks. They're upset enough. Yes. You know, I've heard coronials thrown out there, and I, I think that that is is a bit um, you know overblown, a little stark. I like pandemic babies. So instead of baby boomers, you've got pandemic babies, basically. Right, right, right. Pandemic babies. I mean, it's it's quite eye catching. It's, it's maybe has a slight negative connotation, but um, what if we uh, what if we had a catchy tune like you know the Muppet Babies theme, but but pandemic babies? Are you asking me to do Baby Kermit again for you? No, that's okay. not what I'm asking. Okay. Uh, in all seriousness, no. Uh, you know, clearly, COVID nineteen is a is a serious issue for us to continue to watch and wait. It sucks that there's no baseball, but there is a a darn good reason for it. Um, so, with your permission, Scotty, I know that there's not a whole lot of 
of news in the baseball world right now, but let's scrape the bottom of the bucket here and see if we can uh, figure out something else to talk about. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. There are actual Orioles injuries. Um, Got to start with the, the big obvious one, and that is Alex Cobb and the blister on his finger. I'm just uh, I'm really worried that he's not going to have enough time to get that uh, taken care of. How does this man constantly get blisters? Um, I don't think I have a, a, a safe answer okay, to that good. question. That's what I was going for. Is that, okay. the, is that the biggest news right now in terms of Orioles medical injuries? No, of course not. There's, there's uh, Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini had a successful surgery to remove a malignant t- uh, tumor and seems to be uh, doing as well as one could hope. He, uh, he tweeted out a, a nice message thanking uh, fans and and everyone else for their kind well wishes. Um, so we we certainly join uh, the rest of baseball Twitter uh, and Birdland wishing uh, Trey Mancini well. But Scotty, if we can if we can skip along to this week on the Twitters, we have a a Trey Mancini segue, if you will. Absolutely. So let's go to 280 characters less this week on the Twitters. Um, you know, speaking about Trey Mancini, there was a lot of tweets kind of wishing happy birthday to Trey Mancini today. Um, you know, John Means wished him happy birthday. Chris Davis wished him happy birthday. There was a plethora of it. Even Brandon High got into it. And it was fun seeing all the players with their kids and stuff like that, all practicing, you know, great social distancing, um, but in essence, kind of raising, you know, the party balloons for Trey and basically wishing him well. Um, I think the biggest one though, that, you know, is kind of near and dear to everybody's heart in Baltimore was the aspect of Mo coming out and wishing happy birthday to uh, Trey. And in essence saying, Hey, you know, you're like the brother I never had and stuff like that too. I mean, if that doesn't make you like cry, then you just don't really have a heart. Um, so just a great, um, you know, uplifting message. Yeah. Not everything was dark today. That was, that was definitely a great moment. Scott, a little further on this week in the Twitters, uh, there was a tweet. This comes from USA Baseball. They tweet at USA Baseball three years ago today, the catch of all catches, hashtag for glory. And there's a, there's a video. Would you mind Would you mind playing me a little bit of that video? Get well out to right center field. Jones still on the move, running out of room, and he makes the catch! Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. I cannot underscore how fun that moment was. Watching Jones really own, in many ways, Team USA at the World Baseball Classic, and and then to be able to to back it up with his play uh, was just tremendous. You know, that was the moment that he went from being uh, simply AJ-10 to Cap-10 America. Uh, it was a nice memory to to come across on the Twitters today. I think it's a really interesting sound clip too, because you can, you know, listen to it in the crowd. It has that slow murmur, and then it's like, oh, it's going to be a home run. And then Jones goes up and catches it, and there's this like vocal roar that actually starts from the bottom of the crowd and works upward. And it's a really um, interesting moment. I mean, great baseball play, one of the greatest catches um, that we've seen. Um, but again, just from a sound aspect too, just a really great atmosphere and a great, um, great time to watch baseball at that time. 
Yeah, I mean, if that happens in a game that is 10 to 3 bad guys in the middle of August and the Orioles are out of contention, you know, it's a it's a nice play and nobody cares. But to do it on such a big stage, that's that's when things are magical. Yeah. All right, next tweet. Um, I guess Galler's humor is acceptable. Um, this one comes from Pat Murray at Perry Mur- Pat Murray 27. Major League Baseball announces that no Baltimore Orioles have tested positive for COVID-19. That's not surprising since the Orioles can't catch anything. Whoa. Whoa. First of all, the Orioles can catch. They can't hit and throw. But they certainly can catch. Unless they're yeah, Dwayne Smith. I think this one's all right. I, I approve. This this comes Jake English approved. All right. Why don't you all right. take the next one? I, I would like to point out that without baseball, I hope that we get a lot more content like this from everywhere. All of us have the responsibility to share fun memories. So here's a uh, memory that was tweeted out by Casey at Casey B. Newman. In honor of there being no baseball, may I present that time Adam Jones and Chris Davis got stuck in an elevator. Hashtag Orioles. And of course, there's the uh, the video of Chris Davis and Adam Jones uh, stuck in the elevator. I had totally forgotten about that. So you know what, O's fans? Keep loading up the Twitter feed. Help me remember the good times because there are no times happening now. Speaking about things that are happening now, um, well, this tweet comes from Hardball Talk at Hardball Talk um, and not the, you know, canceled Hardball. Um, NFL and NBA are offering free access to past games. MLB should follow their lead. So obviously, um, MLB allows for archive games if you have access to MLB.tv, which, just as a reminder to everyone that has season ticket holders, uh, you do have access to MLB.tv. You should have received both of you out there. Yes, you should have received an email from the Orioles uh, giving you permission to do so. But again, a great idea to kind of grow the game, as it were. Of can you think of anything better than be like, if I wanted to watch a baseball game, I could in essence go back and watch a game from 2012 or a game from 2014 if I wanted to do it at that given time. Instead, I've got to have a subscription in order to do so. Do I think the majority of fans are going to do this? No. But do I think there's some diehard fans that are going to want to embrace their, you know, their love for the game? Absolutely. So I think this is something that MLB should just do, um, and I don't think it really costs them anything to do. In fact, it may even drive a few more folks to actually make the purchase for MLB.tv in the future. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they could do. Even if they don't make it free, you know, for everyone, what if it was five bucks to get access to every game? You know, like a one-time deal for the next year or something. They, they could probably make a little bit of money off the fact that we're all stuck in the house and they could help grow their brand. Uh, it, it seems like a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I think this is a really easy one where, in essence, you go through the games for maybe the past 10 or 20 years, stuff that you actually have good accessibility to with good visuals. And I think as MLB, you, in essence, come out and say, hey, we're not going to release the entire archives, but what we're going to do is we're going to release five games per day in order for you to potentially watch. Um, and it's going to sequence up with the given, you know, day of the given season. So, you know, May 15th, you show five games from May 15th that really highlight how great of a game baseball can be. Um, and it's a random assortment of teams. I like it. You know, my daughter, Madison, not the greatest uh, Orioles fan in the land, had an idea about this. And I'd like to take this as a, a linchpin to talk about uh, some things that the Orioles should be doing, and uh, specifically with Masson. So let's take a quick break, come back, and start there when we go around the bases.
Alrighty, Scotty, not a whole lot going on, but we're going to call this Around the Bases Lack of News Edition. So let's start at first base. My question is, what should Masson programming look like during the delayed start to the season? I don't know what precipitated the conversation, but uh, Madison uh, came up with this idea and she said, what is the oldest Orioles game for which there is video? Not like a clip, not a replay. What is the oldest Oriole game that we have the actual footage of? It'd be really cool for us kids to see something like that. She didn't say us kids. That's my old talking. But I thought about it and I was like, you know, I have no idea. Uh, And I'm not even sure that there's a great audience for that. But it got me to thinking, what should Masson be showing? You know, we are stuck in the house. We are binging. We are watching a lot. And Masson should be taking advantage of this in, in a way that they, you know, can remind us of the good times. And I think that they are trying to embrace that. Like I, I saw a tweet today uh, saying that the the Stevie Wilkerson saves a game uh, game is on. But Scotty, what what actually meaningful Orioles classics do you think that Masson should be broadcasting? All right, so I got this. I've got the perfect okay. solution here. Uh, so obviously, we're not going to have baseball until maybe mid June, July. So I thought to myself, what could we show? in order to get us all pumped up for the season. I thought to myself, what if we show the first half of the 2005 Orioles and everyone gets super excited and everyone's just like, man, this is a great team. And we just completely forget about the second half of the 2005 Orioles. How funny would that be just to broadcast an entire season? Like nothing happened. (laughs) We just do the the first half Orioles right up to the point where like Jake English gets married. And then we basically say, hey, it's Jake English's anniversary. And we say, and cue real games. You know, I hadn't considered that. But that is a pretty good idea. Find a good season, or at least in this case, a good half a season, and play that. All right. I I dig that. I I think that clearly there are some good ones that stick out there. I would love to see Clinchmas just on repeat. Um, I would love to see the 60th anniversary beatdown of the Cardinals with the postgame activities to follow. That was a really special night and a lot of fun to, to watch and rewatch. I, I think, you know, some other things would be, um, Masson could get creative and essence do a clip show, uh, where they go through and in essence clip out all the situations where Gary Thorne and Jim Palmer are talking, uh, in, in various white noise instances, um, and just string it together. as kind of a highlights reel of, um, what incoherent, um, you know, message is Gary Thorne, you know, saying at this time, um, so maybe it could be like, what is Gary saying? Uh, it could be the the name of the show. And it's, you know, anywhere between, you know, 20 to 30 minutes long. Um, just a thing that you could pop on at eight o'clock and in essence, watch it for 30 minutes. At this point, we've got to have 45 minutes worth of content just on turtle soup in Chicago, right? Turtle soup or ice cream sundaes. Ooh, well, well, with, with pointed sprinkles. Out. Uh, we could, you know, we could take a look at the fanless game. There's a good chance that we may see more of those. We could look back at the Orioles being trendsetters. We could. Um, you know, some other things I think would be interesting would be like, um, you know, not quite Orioles um, stuff, but, you know, is it possible that you could show like the 1993 All-Star game at Camden Yards? I think that would be fun Ooh. showing like the 1993 Home Run Derby where Ken Griffey Jr. hits it off the warehouse. Like, I think those are the kind of things that I'd like to watch. Like if that came on, I'd be like, Man, I haven't seen that in 20 years. I would want to see that again. 
as much as I love the cow statue game and everything like that, and, you know, I've seen those games plenty of times. I think I want to see certain big moments like that um, that are in essence have been buried in the archives for quite a while. Yeah. And I, I don't know how hard it would be to produce these types of things, um, but it would be nice to see some some clip shows uh, in in, um, you know, some some original programming kind of in the style that uh, MLB Network does, you know, countdowns, uh, you know, greatest memories, greatest plays, that kind of thing. Even even worse memories, you know, uh, a a uh, countdown of the worst defeats in dark ages history including you know the mother's day massacre followed right up by some of the greatest wins from the playoff years yeah i mean that would be fun i think back to my childhood and i'm not sure if you felt the same way but like one of the things that i watched when i was a kid on saturdays was this week in baseball and i think it's a very easy thing to do over this week in baseball this is not like tom davis getting on there and talking about the orioles this is just a clip show where you basically play clips from the week and then, in essence, you have an interview with one baseball player. I think you could do something very easily to that, uh, basically doing a clip show about Orioles games. Um, and then, in essence, have an interview with a current player to talk about um, the situation um, and, and just you know figure out how things are going. Um, and I think that would be a really interesting aspect as well. You know, they could even package up uh, you know some scoreboard features from the last few years. You know what's cooking with Kirby and and all sorts of ridiculous stuff like that that they've done, uh, because you know if you're just looking to kill time, it sure beats rodeo uh, replays. And then the I, last I the last thing I want to add too that I think is the best idea is, you know, obviously um, we're looking for high quality content, but again, this is a you know a dark time, so we're looking for some humor and some snark as well. So I'm wondering if the Orioles can come to some kind of arrangement with the Yes Network where we could actually hire Buck Walter back in order to do press interviews with the media. Uh, and we could basically just see live streaming press interviews with Buck Walter up at the at the podium, basically answering questions for reporters uh, and just basically just talking about baseball. I, I like that. I like that. You just want to hear the nose whistle. I do. I do indeed. I think they could get away with a lot of stuff. You know, I don't know what the the situation would be with the Players Association and whether or not it would be allowed. But all of those players have a camera in their back pocket, right? And uh, we saw that today with the well wishes for Trey Mancini. It'd be great to see some content from the from the Orioles. Uh, they could do you know little uh, human interest interviews and and trivia and and things like that. Uh, that's the the easiest kind of thing to to put together. Um, and you know, give Orioles fans something to watch. Yeah, give Michael, so, give Michael Gibbons a camera, and you know, say, "Hey, go highlight all your adventures in in the Dominican Republic." That's okay. That's not exactly exactly what I was going for, but I hear you, uh, Orioles fans. What have we forgotten? What have we missed? What should Masson be playing to give them original content programming for us to watch? rather than rodeo replays. Uh, let us know. Tweet us at Birds Eye View, B-A-L. Can we, uh, can we skip along to second base? Sure. All right. I would like to call second base irresponsible conjecture. So what Last you're saying week, is Birds Eye View podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> Last week we decided we were not going to be irresponsible. Let's lean into it I say, this and way. And look what that did to us. We got the baseball season halfway canceled. <laughs> <laughs> and Trey Mancini. Oh, oh man. All right. Here's my first ir- ir- irresponsible question that I'm going to ask you to to apply some conjecture to. 
when the season does restart, do you foresee an increase in injuries due to the interruption in preparation and rush back to competition? Uh, I'm going to say no. Uh, I think it's going to be you know business as usual. I think these guys are going to, in essence, get up to shape pretty quickly. Um, it'll be interesting, I think, more so for the pitching staff um, than the hitters. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see how um, the clubs adapt to um, a shortened inning relief for a lot of these pitchers as well. Mm. Gotcha. Uh, okay, next next question for your irresponsible conjecture. Do you think that a shortened season will have any negative impact on the Orioles' rebuild? Um, I do, um, for two reasons. Number one, um, Adley Rutschman will not be playing um, significant games this season. Um, and then number two, um, obviously all the college baseball has been in since canceled at this point. Um, we'll have to see what high school baseball looks like through the rest of the, of the season as well for, for throughout the country. Um, but with the Orioles having the number two pick, I'm not so much concerned about it in you know who they're going to pick for the number two pick. But again, the Orioles are going to be high up there in regards to the second round, the third round, and fourth round. So I do raise the question of um, the Orioles did a great job with scouting last year um, in order to pick certain players. I wonder if this year um, they're in essence going to have to fall back on um, you know statistical data and book data that they already had available, um, and if that's going to potentially impact them. And it's become more of a wild card aspect in terms of who succeeds and who doesn't succeed with the MLB draft. Yeah, that's really interesting. And the other the other aspect there is that the Orioles will not be alone in that in that challenge. And the real question will become: Are the Orioles at the point where they can? Um, where they can compete in that arena at a higher level than some of the other clubs out there. It'll be interesting to see if, if, you know, MLB teams are backed into a corner as far as a scouting um, standpoint, if the Orioles uh, can recover from that more adeptly than, than others because of the leadership they have or, or whether statistical analysis has become enough uh, of a focus in the game that they don't have an advantage. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Alrighty, uh, here is another uh, question for your irresponsible conjecture. Do you think that any of the restrictions, the impacts that are going to take place because of COVID-19 response and the adjustments to the schedule, do you think any of that will linger beyond this season? Meaning, do you think that MLB will use this as an excuse to do some of the things that they've always wanted to do um yes i do i mean it's a great opportunity to do so if you don't think any business is doing that right now um they're certainly doing that of taking advantage of the situation to profit off of it so i do expect mlb to um in essence utilize this to their benefit of saying hey we took we took a cost loss last year as it relates to major league baseball so this really makes sense for us to now cut those MLB teams. We'd love to keep them on board, but we just can't do it financially. Um, you know, I might we might see a similar situation. Be like, hey, you know, we actually think it's a good idea that players don't sign autographs. Like they can, in essence, write something on a ball and toss it to fans, but we don't want them interacting with the fans on a on a one on one basis. Um, so yeah, I definitely think there's going to be um, fallout from this, as it were. Do you think that a season like this will be? used in consideration for revisiting whether or not a shorter than 162 baseball season is appropriate? 
Um, I don't think so. I think the season's going to be so short that, in essence, it's going to be like a strikes-shortened season. Um, so I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal. Okay. Okay. I also wonder if if um, it, it will make any impact on, on spring training um, and whether you know spring training operations will be impacted in, in any way. Because I, I think, and I'm not sure if, if you agree, the, once baseball operations are allowed to restart, they're going to have to restart a, a, a shortened spring training oh, yeah. and come back to that. But, um, but I don't think they're going to be able to do that in Florida or the Arizona Fall League. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see what they do. Uh, because, I think they would. Yeah, they to, won't. I think they would have to go to like minor league baseball stadiums. Hmm. Hmm. Well, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what impact at all this has on the future of the game. But I wonder. I think that there are a lot of industries that are going to take a hard look at. Well, we got by by making these changes, and boy, howdy, it cost us less money. Do we really need to be spending that money now? Uh, baseball. Baseball certainly will have a bit of a different look. All right, so here's my irresponsible conjecture. Um, the Orioles are going to be a playoff team this year. In in baseball? In baseball. Uh-huh. How do you figure? So it's going to be a shortened season. Anybody can get hot for 60, 70 games. I don't think we can, but go ahead. Listen, if we look back again at the 2005 Orioles, anybody can get hot for a small period of time. So you just need to, you know, ride out John Means, you know, just go to John Means and be like, hey, John, we need you to pitch every other day. Like, is that going to be an issue for you? Like, <laughs> just, you don't need that arm, do you? Know, you? We just need you to put, pitch Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Sunday and Sunday to Monday. It's going to be tough for you, John. And twice on Sunday. But we're we're going to need you to pick up the slack. OK, and I think that the Orioles have a really good shot here of, uh, you know, being a wild card team and in essence taking down some folks. Uh huh. You're uh you're really scared. What's in that sour beer again? Um it's uh grape cotton candy. I I think the grape cotton candy has gotten to your brain. Oh, and there's apparently C B D in here too, so <laughs> Well Scotty, let's stroll into third base and I need to I need to show some accountability here. We made a we had a miss. It wasn't a big miss, but it was a miss nonetheless. When we went through our best case scenario fan fiction in episode 285, we missed Brian Halliday at the catcher position. And I, I think that there's every chance, no pun intended, that he could be the backup and that chance Cisco could begin the, the season as a starter in Norfolk. Uh, so I just want to apologize to our listeners. We acknowledge and apologize the error, but uh, hey, it's us. So this kind of thing is bound to happen. So what is the best possible scenario for Brian Holiday? I think, I think that's what we're doing for our fan fiction. Yeah, I think that the best scenario for Brian Holiday is that he can play, you know, a handful of games in this now COVID-19 shortened season and can become the basis of a made-for-TV feel-good movie. Okay, so like in Angels in the Outfield, basically. Yeah, I was thinking like the rookie. Oh, the rookie. Uh, but yeah, any Angels in the outfield would be fine. You know, if you want to, if you want to go the fictional route, that's fine. Okay. Uh, any season, any season that includes the Orioles being playoff contenders clearly would be fictional. Oh, absolutely, no question about it. All right, you want to come uh, to home plate? Let's do it. All right, so Jake, uh, obviously we're dealing with this whole situation with COVID nineteen. Um, I had a question for you of if we had to come up with the Orioles related symptoms. 
um, you know, what could it be? So one of mine would be like if you have cuss in the eyes, um, it, you know, helps you to basically fall down. You can't get back up again. It's tough to reestablish balance. Um, in essence, you should just go back to the dugout and sit down because in essence, the game's over for you. Okay, I see where you're going with this. I, I, I think I get the concept. So let me just throw out there that this is not meant to be uh, disrespectful, and we're just trying to have a little bit of fun. Uh, but let me, let me throw this out there. I think, Scott, it's important that we realize that the Jake, Fo- uh, the Jake Fox effect is, is serious. Oh, absolutely. And what that describes, and this may, you know, this may describe some things that people uh, experience after dark, if you will. But uh, a a really fierce performance at first, and then it just falls all the way off into disappointment. I, th- I think that's as, as delicately as I could put that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think one of the other Orioles-related symptoms that are out there is, you know, a common one um, that normally happens to men in their 30s and 40s. Um, and it's it's something that is called the Wheats effect, um, and it's when you never live up to your full potential of the individual that loves you. So, like your wife may look at you and be like, "Man, I really thought he was going to turn into something different," but again, he uh, just doesn't live up to your potential. So, th- it's it's the Wheats effect. Now, do you know what Orioles related term uh, doctors use to describe a person that is held together with tape and glue? I, I don't. It's the Nolan Rymold. <laughs> Uh, so you don't want to be that you don't want to be elf. referred to as the Nolan Reimold. Uh the next one I've got is uh the 2020 club. So this would be uh, named after Brian Roberts, you know, being a notorious member of the 2020 club, um hitting you know, 20 home runs and 20 doubles. Um but again, not having that ability to see 2020 all the time due to having blurry vision, especially in uh in bright light situations. That is so awful. <laughs> You're terrible. All right. Um here's one and again Take this with a grain of salt. This is a serious issue, and we need to take care of our of our society's most vulnerable. Scott, you know what you can get arrested for? You can get arrested for the cruise missile. Oh, yeah. yeah that would, like, open your grandma's door and uh, take care of business, wouldn't it? Uh, that That is where I was going with that, and thank you for... Thank you for being the one to deliver the, the grandma line. Yes, I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, Jake, there's a serious condition uh, within baseball. Uh, it's called BG syndrome. Um, obviously, this is named after Vladimir Guerrero, and it prompts you to basically swing at anything that bounces in front of the plate. Okay. All right. I like this. There's also a disorder called the Eric Burns disorder. And this is this is really a shame because it is over-exuberance in it's mere definition. It's it's basically the human form of being a Jack Russell Terrier, the Eric Burns condition. Uh, Jake, the next one is called the Mattis. You're only able to get David Ortiz out, um, which is really unfortunate for most players nowadays because David Ortiz is no longer in baseball. But yeah, it, you're, that's the only person you can get out every time else um, that person hits a home run off you. Well, you know, the cure for that is ice. Oh, you just point. break that ice off and then let it flow. Yep. That's the uh, that's the solution. Um, you know, one thing that as we get older, we need to uh, we need to watch our weight. You know, we need to watch uh, what we eat, what we consume, make sure we're doing the right exercises, uh, because if you don't, you may become an Albers. And that is is something that we all, you know, at this time in our life, we need to just watch out for, and especially if we're going to be locked in the house. I think we should all just tape a picture 
of Matt Albers right above our bed or right on right on our fridge just to remind us, you know, hey, it's coming. Uh, Jake, next one is the aloe. Um, it's when you basically get a lot of mucus build up in your mouth and you have a tendency to project it out of your mouth at other players um, and or other umpires while on the field. Okay. It took me a little while to catch up, but I got there. I got there eventually. Scott, what do you call, again, Orioles-related, absolute delusion and inability to express yourself in a mature fashion? Oral spastics? No, no, that's like, that's mostly harmless and fun. This is more like sad grandpa. Oh, um, Ed for more beauties. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm sorry. We were looking for the Aubrey Huff. Oh, the Aubrey. Uh, Huff. The Aubrey Huff is the uh, yeah. It's a it's a it's a very serious condition, and it, it really can destroy a lot of lives. Gotcha. Did we miss out anything else? I mean, is that that all that was in the um, in the uh, doctor's textbook here for Orioles related symptoms? I, it's all I had. But again, I'm going to throw this out there. We want we definitely want to hear uh, from Orioles fans. Let's have a little fun, guys. Very serious, but. Let's let's make sure that we we get this right. Let us know what symptoms we missed and tweet us out. All right. Well, with that, um, you know, since we're talking about Orioles related symptoms, I think we've got to talk a little bit about COVID-19 um, and the impact that it could have in terms of baseball and the Orioles in general. So, um, you know, let's let's spread out a little bit, um, just like me and Jake are currently doing. Um, and let's just talk about the aspect a little bit of social distancing. There's no escape being talk of COVID-19. It's everywhere. And because of that, baseball is nowhere to be found. The buzzword, and rightfully so at the moment, is social distancing. We're socially distancing ourselves right now in an effort to slow the spread of the virus. Jake and me are doing this remotely. Um, we're actually calling in over Skype in order to do this. And it ensures that, again, we are not you know, spreading the disease and or um, serving as contamination points going forward so that our hospital capacity is not overwhelmed in the future. Again, I don't care about Jake. I care about the hospitals and the people that work in the hospitals. If Jake gets sick, you know, it is what it is. But I just don't want to basically put that burden on um, the hospital workers to basically deal with a, a whining and ailing Jake English. So I don't That's know. True. But I don't know about you, but, the, you know, the sacrifices – I've made in the name of public safety have been um, particularly significant. And I'm sure as time goes on, we'll have to make more difficult choices. Um, but in the meantime, um, I'd like to explore the concept of social distancing as it pertains to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, so Jake, we, we thought to ourselves, how could certain moments in franchise history be different if they had played in place during a global pandemic? Scotty, we are dangerously close to more fan fiction here. So I'm going to lean in. All right, here we go. Lean in. I would like to reimagine a specific moment in Orioles history in which a little social distancing would have gone a long way. Let's think back and say that Jeffrey Mayer watches in horror from his home as Tony Tarasco catches a ball in right field. The Orioles win game one of the 1996 ALCS and ride that momentum into their first World Series appearance since 1983. A generation 
of Maryland kids tell their uncles to stuff their old Red Sox and Yankees hats as they proudly rep their home team, packing Camden Yards with loyal local fans for generations to come. Jake, it's the 1970s, and you know the disco era is starting to come to an end. But that doesn't stop Sister Sledge from potentially putting out a song. But you know, due to social distancing, you know, we are family is basically put into the archives before it is ever released. And the Pittsburgh Pirates never had that famous motto. The 1979 Orioles go on to win the World Series four games to one and are once again World Series champions. I like that. I like that. This next one, Scott, is mixed with a little science. And so I need you to pay attention because clearly this works um, just the way I'm going to describe it. With Yankee Stadium at best a quarter full during Game 5 of the 2012 ALDS, there was not a a sufficient number of fans in attendance so that their gasps in unison failed to imperceptibly move the right field foul pole. Now, because of this minor change in position, the ball off Nate McLeod's bat in the top of the sixth inning careened off the foul pole, obviously and definitively. And the Orioles rolled on to the ALCS. Now, though they did not advance to the World Series, they weren't eliminated by the freaking Yankees. Jake, in an era of social distancing, no one wants to be touching each other, especially in that spot. So in the time of the steroid area, the Orioles band together and they say, you know what? We're not going to inject B12 shots into ourselves. Rafael Palmero, Miguel Tejada, Larry Bigby, and most importantly, Brian Roberts is never tainted with the aspects of the Mitchell Report by socially distancing themselves apart. Wow. That one, that one is touching, Scott. I was terrified when you started, but uh, I think we ended in a good place. It is a good place. <laughs> All right. So clearly, social distancing can save so many of our problems. Scotty, did we miss anything else on this uh, horrific idea? I, I don't think we missed anything um, on this horrific idea. Folks, if we can't think of anything else, um, please reach out to us on Twitter. Let us know how Orioles history may have been changed as it relates to if proper social distancing may have occurred um, and we'll go through it. Jake, I do have one more, and it's it's one from actually our time, as it were, because some of these are uh, outside the 2012 ALDS. It's it's kind of before the time. Um, but there's a situation that I wanted to bring up in terms of maybe not so much social distancing, but in essence, flattening the curve. So um, I want to go back to May 3rd, 2017, with Kevin Gossman pitching a no-hitter to the Boston Red Sox. And instead of going ahead and throwing a curveball at 77 miles per hour, promptly striking the batter and being thrown out of the game, Kevin Gossman instead flattens that curve out, throws a strike, and still maintains a no-hitter through nine innings, getting the first no-hitter for the Orioles since 1991. Flattening the curve. I like it. I like it. Okay. You you win. I, I award you all the points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Understandable. All right. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go ahead and blow the save and bring this all to a conclusion.
There is an expression of dubious origin that says, may you live in interesting times. Well, my friends, we are living in interesting times. And I would like to use this time in which I have access to your ear holes to quote the wise. Be excellent to each other. As the guidelines of public health officials have given way to requirements from local, state, and federal governments, we find the response to the COVID-19 pandemic more and more impactful on our lifestyle. As usual, the loudest responses on social media and in our community have come from the extremes. Until rather recently, when even the most fervent skeptics started to acknowledge how serious this global pandemic was, uh, there were two very loud camps. On one side, there was shouting that we're not doing enough, that we're being short-sighted, and that those who weren't taking the proper precautions are idiots endangering life as we know it. The other side of that coin is those shouting that these precautions are nothing but a gross overreaction, that those who are following them are mindless sheeple who don't hold their liberties dearly enough. And as usual, the truth resides, with the rest of us, somewhere in the middle. You know, those of us in the middle, taking the threat seriously, while working to protect our jobs, our families, and our precious, precious supplies of toilet paper. Wherever you fall on the sanity spectrum, this much is clear. It's going to be this way for a while. And whether we like it or not, we're in this together. But together in like a minimum six feet away kind of way. So I'll ask you, please, when given the choice, choose kindness whether it be with a family member that you're trapped in the house with over the next couple of weeks or month, or whether it's a total stranger whose social media avatar has posted something with which you disagree. Choose kindness with your neighbors and your family. Not all of them have the same health and security that you do. Reach out to see how you can safely help those who need it. Choose kindness with those that you encounter when you're out in the world practicing responsible social distancing. People are a little freaked out, and they're not at their best. Take deep breaths, at least six feet away, and let minor slights roll off your back. Choose kindness with any disposable income you may have. Employees in many economic sec uh, sectors are being and will be devastated by COVID-19 response policy. Be generous where you can be generous, and where possible, support local businesses. Choose kindness with those who are called upon to do more in the face of this crisis. Workers in the healthcare industry right now are absolute heroes. And there are also those that work in critical services. Our grocers still have to go to work every day and make sure that supplies are available. People who work in the logistics and supply chain industries. And dear God, will someone think of the heroes manning the liquor stores? We are in for a long haul, but we can do this, and we can do it together-ish. So, in short, I ask you. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> Party on, dudes! And that is our show. Remember, you can find this and our entire catalog of indispensable episodes at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. Bird's Eye View is available for download wherever it is you get your podcasts. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, and many others. Please remember to rate and review the show. We appreciate the feedback and encourages other people to listen for the first time. Come and get social with us. 
You can email us at contact at birdseyeviewbaltimore.com. You can find us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and Snapchat. But the best way to get a hold of us is on Twitter, where we tweet at birdseyeviewbal. And with that, Baltimore and beyond, I will bid you all a fond adieu-adieu. Good night, Baltimore. Seriously, be safe out there. And let's go O's. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.